Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Now the Lord sent some wonderful things here today and what a great word we heard from the Lord this morning, Brother Wayne Williams. I appreciate him so much. Just seems like to me as of late there's just been a special anointing on him and the preaching of the word of the Lord and I appreciate that so very, very much. And uh, I am thankful for what God has done up to this point. I'm going to take just a few minutes this morning. I want to talk about, uh, continue to talk about prayer. For the last 21 days, we have had a very focused effort on prayer. And uh, I want the Spirit of the Lord to touch us. I want the Lord to know we're serious about this. Amen. How, how, How else are we going to? have uh, repentant people in the altar if the church is not praying and how else are we going to have newborn newborn babes filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost if we don't pray, amen. When Zion travails, it's then she brings forth and so let's let's uh, honor that and, and continue and uh, appreciate what the Spirit of the Lord has done now. But I'm just going to ask us to pray and I want to speak to us a few minutes about prayer but I want to ask the Lord to just touch this word. Amen. Would you let the Lord prepare your heart and your mind now? Lord, we love you today, and I thank you for the privilege that you have given us to be in your presence this morning. All the wonderful things that have happened here for us. Your spirit, God, has been so rich and real in our first service, and thank you, Lord, for that word that we should have a clean heart. Oh, I pray and ask you, Lord, to touch us and speak to us. I thank you, Lord, for the moving of your spirit in our praise and worship. And I thank you, God, for the spirit of giving that's in this house right now. And I also ask you, Lord, to help us to consider the word and help us, Lord, as we consider the subject of prayer one more time. In Jesus' name, amen. For for 21 days now, we have really just been leaning in with everything we have to give ourselves to prayer. And I want to talk about the discipline of prayer this morning because prayer is discipline. If you do anything that is good for you, it takes discipline to do that. A small Texas town, in a small Texas town, uh, a bar began construction on a new building. They were wanting to increase the size of their bar and their dance floor. The local church that was located near them, they started a campaign to try to block the expansion of this, of this bar room. And so they began with petitions and they also began a concerted effort to pray against the expansion of the evil that they felt like was coming or at least expanding in their community. And so work progressed on this bar until the week before it opened. And the week before it opened with the bar almost completely done, In a horrible storm, lightning struck the bar. It caught fire and burned to the ground. After losing everything that he had worked for, the bar owner 
decided that he would file a, a lawsuit against the church. And they sued on the grounds that the church was ultimately responsible for the demise of their bar, to which the church vehemently denied all responsibility in its reply to the court. So after looking at all the facts, the judge said, I don't know how I'm going to decide this case. He said, because it appears that we have a, a bar owner that wholeheartedly believes in the power of prayer, but an entire congregation that does not. <laughs> so what do we do? So the question is, do we really believe in the power of prayer? Do we really believe we can speak and God will hear us and God will answer our prayer. And so I, I just trust that somewhere along the journey of life that we never lose our confidence in the power of prayer. This past Wednesday night, I, I spoke to you about the five pillars of prayer and how that we can't get into the holies without understanding and acknowledging or the realization of what Isaiah prophesied that the Lord really would be. And I'm thankful for that. Today we're looking at just a few verses from Romans 15 and I'll begin reading with verse number 30 in a few moments. But in these verses we'll discover that, that the power of God is actually unleashed when we pray. And I believe in the power of prayer. I've, my life has been affected by the power of prayer. I'll just say this, you've come too late to tell me that there, prayer has no power and there's no effect to prayer. And uh, to better understand this passage that we're about to read, I think it's important that, that we note that the Apostle Paul, this is a very personal thing for him. And the Apostle Paul uses words like I and me and my. He uses that several times in just these few verses. Paul uh, calls those that he's writing to, he refers to them as his brothers. This is a family. So he, he has the complete knowledge that this is a very personal thing that he's talking about. In verse number 32, he expresses his desire for them to come together, not just to come together for the sake of coming together, but he said, when we come together, we're gonna to be refreshed. And in verse 33, he pronounces a blessing of peace upon them. And so as we look at these few scriptures, I want us to understand the text. And then I want us to determine how and what we can take away as a pattern of prayer. And that's what we've been trying to do throughout this, uh, this last few weeks of talking about prayer, just reaching into the scripture, getting a few things that we can take home with us and help us in our, in our own prayer life. In Romans 15 and 30, Paul says, now I beseech you brethren for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the spirit that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. And so I would tell you, number one, that prayer is a discipline. It is something that, that we have got to condition ourselves to. And I, I will just repeat myself from just a moment ago. If you do anything that's in your best interest, it'll take discipline to do that. It just seems like all those other negative things, they just come along so easy. They just be right there. But the things that are good for us, it takes discipline. And so if we're waiting for prayer to come easy or if you think that somewhere you're gonna cross some threshold, and that now it's just downhill from here, that will never happen. There are days that we pray and prayer is just flowing, but there are also days that we pray and we feel that resistance. We feel that strong resistance, but that's not the time to stop praying. That's the time to lean in and pray. And so Paul uses this, um, this word beseech 
to show us that it's an, there's an urgency in the air. It means to call into service, turn aside and see. I want you to pay close attention to this. It's the same phrase that Paul also used in Romans 12 and one when he pled with us to present our bodies a living sacrifice unto the Lord. There's an urgency in the air. We're motivated by the love of the spirit or to say it another way, when we consider all that the Lord has done for us, I ask this question, how could we not pray? When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, the songwriter says, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Thank God for saving me. So when I think of how good the Lord has been to me, prayer's not a drudgery at all. The, 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 Paul was a, a prolific church planner to stay in theme with what we're talking about here today, yet he knew that the church couldn't function alone or that he could not function alone. There needed to be a togetherness, a oneness. He needed others to intercede with him. And so that's why Paul said, I need you to strive with me in prayer. This is the same thing as saying, join with me in prayer. We, another way we could say it is I want you to, to, to partner with me in prayer. I know that there are times that we pray alone. We close ourselves in perhaps, close ourselves off and maybe we just go off by ourselves to pray. But there are other times that we just need somebody to join with us in prayer. I need you to agree with me in prayer. Amen. He calls on them to partner with him in this endeavor. The word strive is both used in not only an athletic a theme or an athletic realm, but it's also used in a military realm. It's translated fight. I need you to fight with me in prayer. That's where we get our English word agony. I need you to come together. Get under the load of this and burden of this. It's the same word that Jesus that Jesus used when he was in the garden of Gethsemane. Luke 22 and 44 says of Jesus and being in agony. It was the joining together, come with me to pray. Interestingly, and, and according to Luke's gospel, when Jesus was doing this coming together with me to pray, those that he had chosen to pray with him, if you're a Bible student, you know what they were doing. They weren't praying with him, they were asleep. And so the Lord is agonizing with us and compelling us to come join with me in prayer. Join with me in prayer. I believe that prayer can be a struggle on more than one front. I think when we consider the things that we fight against, there are many things that we do battle against when we are entering into the season of prayer. One thing and the greatest thing perhaps that we fight is the spirit of self. To discipline ourselves to pray. Matthew 26 said the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The flesh can think of other things to do, more pressing things to do. When we think about sin, David said in 66, 18, he said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. And so sometimes what stops us from prayer is because of sin, un, uh, uh, sin that hasn't been dealt with. We gotta lay that on the altar. The Bible says if you bring your gift to the altar and remember that you there's an alt in, in, with your brother, then you leave your gift at the altar because sin will hinder your prayer. Amen. To our husbands today, I think it's reciprocal, but to our husbands today, the Bible talks about how we treat our wives, how we treat our companion. That can hinder our prayer or it can release our prayer. And so I don't want anything to hinder my prayer. So I got to take care of self 
and I gotta take care of sin and I also need to understand that there is an accuser of the brethren. This is a spiritual battle. I know that prayer is a literal thing that we go into a prayer room or we go into a season of prayer but what we've got to understand is the writing of Ephesians 6 and 12 when we enter into prayer. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's what we're dealing with when we are dealing with prayer. Whether you're standing, laying, walking, sitting, kneeling, it doesn't matter. That's what we're pressing against when we're talking about prayer. The actual act interceding is of the actual act of interceding or intercessory prayer is a battle. I think one of the greatest, perhaps one of the greatest. Old Testament examples of this is found in Genesis 32 where Jacob wrestled to the breaking of day with the angel of the Lord. It was an intercession. I'm not gonna let you go until I receive. I'm not going to let go until I get it. It's a graphic picture of wrestling in prayer. If we look into the New Testament, the New Testament we find, <coughs> we find an intercessor that is named Epaphras. And uh, Colossians 4 and 12 describes him as a man who was always laboring fervently for you in prayers. He said, so that you might stand perfect and complete in the will of God. And so we've got Jacob and a lesser known counterpart, Epaphras, a man who was willing to serve in the shadows and he was building bridges through intercession. And so if there's anyone that I would want to emulate, it would be Joseph or it would be Epaphras. I would want to be that person that would lift my voice and pray a prayer for others. I certainly don't want to be remembered by what Isaiah wrote in Isaiah 64 and 7. It's here he records, and there was none, there was none to calleth upon my name. Amen. I don't want to be that void that there was nobody to call. There was nobody to call on thy name. Amen. I'm going to tell you if somebody is in need, I pray that the spirit of the Lord can just stir something in my spirit, whether you know them, whether you know the situation or the circumstances. Amen. We need to understand the power of those spiritual promptings. And when the spirit of the Lord stirs us to pray, you may be praying for a family member. You might be praying for a friend, you may be praying for a church member, but you know what? You might be praying for somebody you'll never meet on this side of eternity. They may be halfway around the globe. Amen. It may be a home missionary. It may be a foreign missionary. It may be a child of God that's in dire straits and the Lord just prompted us to pray a prayer of intercession. I would hate to think that somebody needed prayer and what we read here, there was nobody that would call on the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I remind, I remind you and myself of a friend who in prayer said, and Lord, I'm about to go to sleep now, but if you need me through the night, I just want you to know I'm available. I'm just right here if you need me. Amen. Our prayers should be specific. Paul wasn't uh, interested in uh, mystical prayer or general prayer. He wanted us to know exactly what to pray for. And so that's what Romans 15 is about. It's a very specific prayer request. Amen. And so he begins in, in verse number 31. Verses 31 and 32, he actually gives uh, three specific requests that we can incorporate, I think, into our own times of intercession. In verse 31, he said, just the first part of verse 31, he said, that I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea. 
And so that was the very first part of his request. I want you to pray that I can be delivered from them, be delivered from them that do not believe. And so Paul understood, I'm about to go into a very dangerous situation. So I need somebody to pray with me. I need a prayer covering. I need somebody to cover me with prayer. And so he made this very similar request in 2 Thessalonians. Here he says that I may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men and from all men that have not faith. I want you to pray for me. I'm going into some dangerous territory. I need you to cover me. I believe if we could literally see someone covered in a military action or in, in some sort of law enforcement action, someone would not run into danger without somebody being there to cover them. And so if we can think about somebody being armed with physical guns or with physical weaponry because I'm gonna go into a dangerous situation, I need you around me to cover me. And so if, if the, our military has enough sense to say, we can't just send somebody in alone and wish for the best but we're gonna have armed guards around here. We're gonna have somebody holding a weapon. And so I, this is what Paul is saying. Get your weapon of war. Get your weapon of prayer. Get your weapon of warfare and cover me as I go into this situation. Amen. And so when we are praying for others, we're praying for their spiritual and their physical safety. Paul, in the latter portion of verse number 31, was praying for what we may say success. He was praying that this would be a successful journey. He said, and that my service which I have for Jerusalem may be accepted of the saints. I'm asking you to pray for me that when I go in among unbelievers, amen, that I will be accepted of the saints. This was a real concern for the apostle Paul. Therefore, he requested that they pray that what I have to offer will be received. Amen, the ministers of our church know this. When I'm away and out of town praying, they get a text message from me often and I'm asking them to pray for me. I'm asking them, I don't wanna just be there holding a microphone. I don't wanna just be there taking up a few moments in a pulpit, but I wanna accomplish what the Lord has sent me there to do. And so I ask you to cover me in prayer. And so that's what these men are doing. They're covering me in prayer and I appreciate that. That's what Paul was praying for. Help me now. I don't wanna go here. Maybe you can't physically join me here. Maybe you can't sit on the platform with me here. Maybe you can't travel with me here, but here's what you can do. You can cover me in prayer. Cover me in prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Once again, we see that Paul wanted his God's will to be accomplished. And so he knew that if he was able to, to come see them, amen, he needed the spirit of the Lord to be with him. And in verse 32, he said that I may come unto you with joy by the will of God and may be with you and may with you be refreshed. The word refreshed there is translated rest. Amen, this is the rest the Bible talks about that can cause the weary to rest. And so the word translated here, rest, Paul was wanting to spend some time with them because he said, I know they need to be refreshed. You see, ultimately, when God's will is accomplished, when God's will is done, there's going to be a refreshing. We've been to a service today, this very morning, where the will of God has been done. And we're not gonna walk out of this building with frustrations. We're not gonna walk away from this building with unanswered questions because we've been in the spirit of rest. We've been in the spirit of refreshment here, that, here today. These requests, I believe, are a, are, are a good model for us to follow as we pray, to pray for safety, to pray for success, and to pray for that 
rest or that satisfaction. I believe that we can use those prayer points in this passage as tools in our own arsenal as we begin to pray. Help us to focus on, on some things that are specific instead of just asking God to bless things and bless people and bless situations in general. Now, I know that we can't always know every specific detail, but when I am privy to the details and I am able to share that with people, I believe that makes our prayer much more effective. I don't want to just pray bless him. I want to call him by name. I don't want to say bless her. I want to call her by name. I have, I have a prayer list that I try to pray over every day. And those prayer lists are not just situations. It's names, notations under those names about what they may be going through. I want to pray specifically about those things. Amen. It's interesting to think. Uh, it's interesting as we continue in this passage and, and I'm going to wrap this up in just a moment but it's interesting to think about how the prayers of Paul were answered because when I see how the prayers of Paul were answered in Romans 15 it gives me consolation for how I see my prayers answered from time to time Paul's prayers were answered like this he got a yes and a no to one request and then he got a yes to another request. And then he got wait to another request. And then once the Lord just said no. I never felt more like Paul in all my life. Because I've had the Lord say yes and no. I'll grant this but not that. I've had the Lord say Yes. And I've had the Lord say, not now. And then I've had the Lord just not even answer me at all, which I assumed my mother taught me this principle. When she didn't answer me, that was no. <laughs> so Paul prayed for safety, and here's the yes and no. And so you read about the life and the ministry of Paul. Paul was rescued from three mobs. And from a beating, and Paul was rescued from attempted assassination. But according to Acts 21, 22, 23, he was also arrested, tried, and imprisoned. So I will deliver you from some, but you're not going to be delivered from all. It's kind of tough stuff, isn't it? Not real general conference preaching right now, is it? I probably won't get invited to preach camp meeting talking about the yeses and the noes. And then there was yes. Because from what we can tell, Paul was able to do what he set out to do in Acts 21, 17. He said, when we arrived at Jerusalem, the brothers received us warmly. <laughs> and so there was a measure of success in some of, his, in some of his ministry journeys. And then there was that wait. Because you see, the Lord said you're going to Rome and that was the desire of Paul to go to Rome but he had to wait about three years to do it and, and the way he got there was not anything like he envisioned he did wind up there <laughs> but he washed ashore like everybody else soaking wet scared to death he came as a prisoner suffered shipwreck and was put in a prison but he got to Rome However, this prayer was eventually 
answered as seen in Acts 28 and 15 because he said when the brethren heard of us, they came to meet us. There it is again. And then I say no. Because if we read back up a few verses from where I started today, it's not really specifically mentioned in this text, but we do know from Romans 15, 24 that Paul had planned to go to Spain. But as far as we know, there's nothing in Scripture that says that he ever made it. And so that's the way it is for all of us. There are some things that God's going to grant. Some things we're just going to have to walk through. Some things God is just going to say, it, it's coming, but it's not time. And it may not even come how you think it's going to be. You, you, may, you may be a little wet. You may be a little tried. You may be a little bruised when you get there, but you're going to be there. And then there's just maybe some things God realizes it's not in our best interest at all. And so he doesn't open those doors. And I'll, I'll ask our musicians to come. But I'll tell you this, that prayer steadies us. Yes, it does. Prayer plants our feet. When we struggle in prayer and we're specific in our prayers, no matter how our prayers are answered, we can experience the peace that passes all understanding. Whether that peace comes with a no, that peace comes with a not now, or that peace comes with a yes. This happens because once we get this great truth settled in our mind and in our hearts that God is in control and God knows what's best for me, when you get that truth settled in your mind, our prayer life changes dramatically because God knows what's best. He has the whole world in his hands. We're accustomed to hearing children sing that song. He's got the whole world in his hands. But in truth, it's not just a children's song. It's a powerful truth that follows us into our adulthood. Amen. I'll ask you to stand. In Romans 15, Paul said, Now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. The Old Testament, we read about Jehovah Shalom, which means the Lord is peace. When we have the peace of God, and we are given that peace of God, when we have his presence, that peace that just floods our heart and our soul and our minds, and so... He said, the peace of God be with you all. And you know what? Today, if you're here and you are filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you don't have to go looking for him. You don't have to go searching for him because he's here. The God of peace, he's going to lay down with you. He's going to wake up with you. He's going to work with you. He's coming home with you. He'll walk with you wherever we are. We talk about God's power. I believe God's power can be found in this verse because... Paul ended that verse by saying, Amen, or so be it. There's a punctuation here, so be it, so be it. In the Old Testament, the word was used to confirm a covenant or a faith. It was amen, let it be. And so it's not just a word tacked on the end of a sentence. I believe that as we've been reminded and, and we're often urged to just kind of come back to the cross, Amen. Come back to the cross. We've got to remember what Jesus did for us there. And we don't just repent one time and die out one time. We don't just pray one time. But we come back again and again and again. And it's there we behold his beauty. Yes, it's discipline. But it's the best thing we could ever do. It is the best thing we could ever do. If there's prayer going on at church, don't leave your children home. They need to hear the prayers of the saints. Amen. They need to hear those voices crying out. Yeah. 
Amen. They need to be exposed to the authority and the power of God moving, 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 moving. Don't let your voice be the only voice they hear in prayer. Amen. They need to hear the combined, concerted efforts of a church that's pulling together. Join with me in this struggle, Paul is saying. So join with me. Cover me in prayer. Amen. I wonder today if we could just lift our hands and our voices one more time and ask the Lord to help us. God, as a church, we are 21 days into some very intentional effort, very intentional steps, Lord. We're asking you to touch us. We're asking you, God, to anoint our efforts. They're fleshly efforts, Lord, at best. But it is in absolute obedience, Lord, to your word and to the prompting of what we feel in our spirit, God. I'm asking you today to let the spirit of prayer blanket our mind, blanket our hearts. Challenge us, almighty God. Challenge us, almighty God. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.